Hello everyone, this is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to part two of the This Week in Bitcoin show. Make sure you check out part one. We start off this part of the episode with Stefan talking about what's going on in the panic prison of Australia. Pound that like button. Australia uh, could keep coronavirus restrictions for a year. Oh man, that doesn't sound very good. Um, yeah. Here's another uh, related thing. This is from Carnivore MD. I'm hearing more and more talk about preparedness for future pandemics, virtually none of which includes any meaningful consideration of metabolic and nutritional health of our population or the massive role this has played in our current pandemic. Time for a paradigm shift. Okay, okay yes. Uh, people need to take personal responsibility on so many levels, uh, financially and health-wise. So uh, give give us your lowdown on uh, what's going on down there in coronavirus land. In, oh, in, mate, in, I've in got Australia. a lot of thoughts on that because I think society has completely disproportionately responded to this and responded in the wrong ways, right? Now, let me just hypothetical right like i'm not actually i'm a libertarian i wouldn't actually do this but hypothetically imagine if i just said let's have fat camps all right so if you're fat we're going to take you away we're going to put you on the carnivore diet and we're going to make you lift weights three times a week you can eat as much meat as you want but no uh sugar and no uh seed oils and all that uh, and basically just eat meat that intervention would probably save more lives than this and at lower cost than this crazy lockdown, right? What's the biggest killer in the world? Heart disease. What is the biggest reason why so many people are highly susceptible to coronavirus? A very high proportion of them are people with diabetes, are people who are obese. And you've seen different doctors come out and say things like, hey, of the 23 patients I had who were hospitalized or who went to critical condition, 22 out of 23 of them were diabetic or pre-diabetic. So it kind of... But, it but have, really... you tried, have you tried a wheat thin before? Have, have you tried one? <laughs> They're just freaking delicious. I'm sorry. Normally, <laughs> normally I'm on a keto, <laughs> but I'm on a break right now. <laughs> so instead of people being able to go outside and get some sunlight and you know eat well and put themselves in a position where they are far less susceptible to this virus and that their immune system is far stronger versus this virus. The world is locking people inside their houses. They're in less uh, mental, uh, you know, having le more mental issues. Some of my friends are kind of having like depression sort of symptoms and things because they're like, you know, locked inside basically. And there are people who can't work. It's just ridiculous. So here in Australia, we've had... Uh, this complete police, it's become a complete police state. You literally cannot leave your home unless you, you fit one of these, uh, I think, 15 or 16 reasonable excuses, right? And so we've seen cases where uh, some guy got done for eating a kebab on a park bench. We had another case where this, I think she was a 17-year-old girl and with her mum, who obviously they live in the same house, and they were going driving. So again, windows down, they're going driving just to get the learner license, um, the hour, driving hours. They got done. It's like all these people getting done for ridiculous things. It's all becoming like this massive police and surveillance state. We've got like, you know, Karen-topia where Karen dobs in and knocks on people to the state when we could have responded to this in a much more rational fashion. 
we could have you know the world could have done something like hey protect the high risk people right like the old people and the immunocompromised people and the young people go and keep working and you know keep keep the gears turning where you can obviously like make sensible you know decisions right wear masks wash your hands do those kind of basic things right uh, and to me it's just been so incredibly destructive and people are going to look back you know a couple of years from now they'll look back and realize wow those lockdowns were incredibly destructive and they ushered in a whole new era of surveillance state, police state. It's just, just completely disproportionate. Uh, have you been surprised by some of the uh, people's uh, reaction, the Bitcoin supposed uh, Bitcoin fans' reaction to this that that are cheering on this police state? I mean, that's there's a lot there's a lot that's been revealed. Who's doing that? I haven't. Maybe I haven't been paying attention to that. Or I just uh, we, we're it. not going to name names here. We're not going to name any names here. I'm not. I don't want to name name anyone. <laughs> Is there just uh, what, what about the justification for it? Then don't you know talk in abstract. What were they saying? Yeah. So some of them would say things like, "Okay, but we need a state to, you know, restrict the movement of people to try and restrict the virus." And or some people kind of come from that view of like, "Oh, well, you've got to like." You need to kind of do this initial lockdown because we don't know what's happening with it, and or. Now, I think the better arguments are things like, hey, let's, you know, maybe it was like, oh, do a short-term lockdown to build the capacity in the hospitals and things like that, right? But mm. the thing for me is the narrative just keeps shifting, right? So at the start, we were sold these lockdowns on a, oh, we need to uh, not, we need to protect the hospitals so, the, so that the, um, so they don't get this massive peak load problem, right? Like just so, you know, yeah. and then we'll get people dying who could have otherwise been saved, but because there was no hospital capacity, blah, 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 right? But then what we've seen, especially here in Australia, is more like we've not just flattened the curve, we've like massively dropped that curve. And now they're still talking about like, oh, but we still need to have all these restrictions and blah, blah, blah. And like, thankfully, we're not doing the New Zealand strategy, which is like they're trying to go for the full containment, which is ridiculous because as I understand it, that will leave their population more fragile because then if someone comes in from internationally, because you're not going to eradicate COVID globally. So if somebody comes in internationally, now you've got to start thinking about like stopping and quarantining at every single point (laughs) rather than actually, you know, what humans have done for thousands of years, which is more like the herd immunity idea. I've got to, I've got to say one thing. I just had a thought and I, I, sending me into spirals of laughter over here. So what you're basically saying is that New Zealand is now literally 100% a country of sheep. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, sad, that it, sad. it is. Uh, I mean, this can't go. I mean, but that quote that I read, are, there are Australians speaking about sheep. They want this to go on for a year longer. Stefan, what I mean, what what's going to happen to the economy if this? <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, it, it, I don't I don't think it's people will rebel, uh, and I, I do hope in the United States uh, some of the states soon lead the way and inspire other uh, other countries. Not I mean, yeah, a to year protest is, it. Yeah, it, it's, it's just yeah, it's ridiculous. And like the thing here is, I, well, some of it's like Australia specific, but the, the the rhetoric and the reasoning is like, oh well, we can just kind of hibernate the economy and restart it, and it's like no. People don't get this, right? So they think of it like, oh, I care about lives. What do you care about this? 0.3% of the GDP. What it's like, and that's the straw man, right? Because really, it would be like if I would if I if I were to say, Oh, I care about plants 
but not about sunlight and soil and water, the things that sustain the plants. It's, it, it would be like these people who are saying, oh, I care about health, but not the economy. It's like you need the economy. You need the things to be able to produce. And like, so from, from my perspective, I think people have been overly hysterical and overly scared when really we should have focused the efforts towards high-risk people, right? So they've been saying, oh, my God, look at this, like, 30-year-old, whatever. But, like, they're just it's just the media blowing up these, like, outlier or small cases that are not representative. Uh, so that's my perspective on it. But uh, what do you guys think? Well, no, you also tied it into the uh, to Bitcoin beforehand when we were off. Oh, that too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I think that is the story as well because a lot of fiat food right has been uh, basically subsidized we have we've pushed people down this pathway of being really unhealthy and so then they are now more susceptible to this virus and it's kind of socializing the cost of the hospitals and the healthcare system and everything because we're all stuck in this socialist system where you know the fiat food kind of companies who produce all these really unhealthy foods have basically capitalize their profits and socialize the losses onto everybody else and so that for me is why this whole kind of bitcoin and fiat money connection because it's like fiat money has funded the welfare state and funded all these big things that stop people from caring about their own health and their own quality of life and so that's why it's like you're seeing a lot of the bitcoin people who are into you know keto low carb and carnivore diets because they care more about their own bodies and their own health for the long term. And so I think that is the sort of society that we're going to push, we're going to drive it towards. It'll take some time to get there, but I th- that is the clear trend in my view. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would hope people lean toward personal responsibility, but right now people are begging the government to solve all their problems. I mean, it, it is complete bootlicking of, of the government. Uh, do something for the sake of doing something. Is I like, do they shouldn't do anything. Let, let, let's. You've seen what doing something is. Everyone's locked in their house now. That's that's their answer to do something. And some people like it. Uh, David, you haven't said anything for a while. Your, your thoughts on this? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm stuck on the food issue here. <laughs> um, I I was watching a. a I was watching a documentary earlier today and it was like something, something colon, how, how money dies or something like that. It had great information turned it at the end. It turned into like a, a, I was like, Oh God, I've watched an infomercial for buying gold. Steve Peter Schiff was in there and they, the way they were talking about gold, it was like, you know, and, and we do, we talk about Bitcoin too. And, 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 and the legacy financial system does it when they talk about like dollars and yen and all that stuff. Like you can't eat any of this. If push comes to shove, like if like a solar flare happens and half the world loses all power and even Bitcoin's network is dist- disrupted, we got bigger problems. We got way bigger problems and nobody knows how to grow food, not for themselves, not for their neighbors, not for anything. We, I know how, I know how to fill out a 1040 EZ form. I know how to waste my time talking to my freaking accountant. I know how to like argue about technical analysis on stocks. I know how to do all this stuff and none of it feeds me. None of it. 
it's pronounced stonks, first of all. I'm sorry. <laughs> and my response. It doesn't matter if you can't grow your own food because seeds have been deemed non-essential and you can't grow <laughs> them anyway. So I, I don't know what the problem is. Yes. Uh, agreed, Brecky. Agreed. But seriously, it's it's a system where I've thought about the. I think about this a lot. The destruction of the family this narrative that's been foisted upon us for God only knows how long. And that narrative includes stuff like let the farmers do it for you. Let the bankers do it for you. Let your accountant do it for you. Let everything do, let everybody else do everything for you that we used to all be able to do ourselves or didn't have to worry about it before 1913. I didn't have to worry about a 1040 easy. Of course I wasn't alive, but you get the point. We've been suckered into learning all this crap, how to do all this stuff that doesn't matter. And all this stuff that did matter, we lost it. And it's scary. And that that's the thing that worries me the most about what happens going forward, because clearly we've kicked the can down the road yet one more time. And I really, truly believe that we are now entering, that we've entered into a field of global legacy financial systems own having. And I'll, I'll, let me explain what I mean. In 2008, we got this financial collapse. And then here we are in like, you know, 2020 and we've got this thing and the answer is the same. Pump a lot more money into the, just print it. Br brr, money printer go burr. I think that what's going to happen is that the time between 2008 and, and now, they, they've kicked the can, can down the road successfully. We're going to restart the economy. It's going to suck. There's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of pain, but they're going to restart it again. Take the time between 2008, 2000 or 2020 and have that time. And that's going to be how long it takes for the, the next time. And then after that, have that again. And that's when the next crisis is going to come up until we get to the point that the crises are just back to back to back to back to back. And I think that that's when the actual collapse happens. I don't think it's going to be a one-off deal. I think what ends up happening is that the old money printer go burr in, let's see, what is it? Uh, in like eight, like 2026. So you, yeah, you, you've been 2026, 26, then 2029. You're talking about two more of these in this decade is what you did. Right. And, yeah. and then they get closer and closer together and it will be when they get closer and closer. This is what I think. Did I go to economic school? No. Am I as good as Peter Schiff? No, but it's a gut feeling, bro. All I can say is that I see this pattern forming and I believe that the global legacy system is going through their own happenings towards the final set of death throws. Now, what we do in between here and there is all up to us. Personally, I think learning how to grow food is a good deal. You know, because you grow food, you're basically printing your own money because it's money that you don't have to spend. And I got six chickens out in the backyard. I've never raised chickens before. Haven't killed a single one of them yet. And I find that going outside and watching them be chickens is actually kind of calming. 
you know, and when they start producing eggs in like another 10 weeks <laughs> because they're slow starters, uh, I, I think that there'll be healthier eggs than what, than what I can get at the store. And honestly, it doesn't take all that much work. It's something that I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I yeah. think it's worth people learning how to do this. And guess what? The majority of the people will not learn how to do this. Well, I, I think a simple, an even simpler thing, which Stefan alluded to, is uh, get yourself healthy. Okay, so you yes. don't have to rely on the medical system, which clearly is out totally out of whack. I mean, but see, but see, that all boils down to food, the quality okay, of the food yeah. that we eat. Because if we're going and like, I got a friend that says I went to the store because I'm on this health kick, and and then he shows me this jewel case full of some kind of weed or something like that, <laughs> and he's like, I don't even know what this stuff is called, but I'm eating it because my, you know, I want to get healthy, and I'm like, you clearly don't know the first thing about any of this you're just reacting and this is not healthy you know the like the the health comes from learning what the stuff is i.e this is why you want to learn how to grow stuff so that you know what to grow and then you can fine tune that as to i don't want to grow this because it doesn't do anything for me and i want to grow more of that because there's more vitamins minerals that you know that type of thing there's a Again, sorry, ranting is just that the food issue at this point is probably the most important issue that we got, but we're not really talking about it. And I'll just I'll just lay this out on the table right now <clears throat> for the end of it. The end of my rant is this. The average age of the farmer in the world is somewhere around between 57 and 60 years old. That's not, I'm not lying. I'm not making it up. It's not hyperbole. I list, I, I got sucked down the rabbit hole by another Australian, Stefan. What, what kind of farmers are they? You know, they grow in one thing. They're growing so, what, soybeans and that's it. Yep. They're growing corn and that's it. That's pretty. And, and that's the majority. That's the majority of the farmers in the world are growing quote unquote, either staple or commodity crops. And they are 57 to 60 years old. So I don't even want to know what the numbers is about or what the numbers are about nutrition food. But Stefan, I wanted to tell you that the, the whole reason I ended up in Bitcoin was because of an Australian called Bill Mollison. Ever heard that oh, name? No, I don't know him. From Ta he was from Tasmania and the, got famous in the 1960s, 1970s. He died a few years back, uh, but he was the he was the him and David Holmgren, which was his grad student, was the progenitor of something called permaculture, <clears throat> which is basically permanent culture. A lot of people misattribute the the word to being permanent agriculture, but it has everything to do with agriculture. It has everything to do with soil health. It has everything to do with water retention on the land because in Australia, water is a thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah. And these guys developed this system in the 70s called permaculture. And it's just now starting to get up. And like all of a sudden I got into that. Next thing I know, I started hearing about stuff like Austrian economics. And then I hear about this guy called Nassim Taleb. And then it was like literally a half step into Bitcoin from there. It was really weird. So when I came into Bitcoin, I was coming in with stuff like aquaponics, hydroponics, good soil health, 
you know, permanent crops, not annual crops and healthy food. And so by the time I got here, I was already bathed in that whole nutrition thing. <laughs> Good. Good. That's, and I, I we, we sp- spread the word. I like that's an interesting uh, story to, to, to got you into this. And uh, I, I do I do wish uh, that that all the Bitcoin dudes out there, uh, you know, think about your health. Think about it. Brecky. You, you haven't had an official say on this whole virus thing. What's your take? Uh, my, my, my take on the virus? Or on anything we've been talking about just now. Yeah. Well, well, hmm. we, we just had the uh, miscellaneous part of the show, the beyond Bitcoin part of the show. <laughs> beyond. All right. I'm going I'm to I'm push back on some things. I'm going to push back a little bit. Oh, no. I'm um, in trouble. So I'm with you 100%. I think uh, health-wise and food-wise and self-sufficiency-wise, we could uh, – do better by, you know, getting wiser on those things. Right. Um, but that being said, I think part of the reason why we're in trouble is because, you know, if you look at it, I'm not an economics expert and that's why Stefan is here, but you know, specialization is actually a very good thing. You know, true specialization is what allows, has allowed human society to flourish and for us to reach these levels that have never been seen before. But the problem is that capitalism itself, or what we think is capitalism, is not capitalism. You know, with, with, without money being free, without borders being free, without trade truly being free, we don't actually get the benefits of specialization in the way that we think that we're already getting them. Um, so while, yes, I think maybe now is the time to start raising chickens and to try to, you know, work your way around uh, a lot of these problems – if the, the system actually worked the way that we that it should work, um, well, you know, you wouldn't have to know how, how to raise chickens, you know, because the world would be free, trade would be free, you'd be able to get everything you need, and you know, life would be a lot better. But you know, we have these giant states, you know, you can't see them, but but the state is right there, right above the frame, they're right there, and uh, you know, telling us what to do. So. Huh. Now yeah. I'm depressed. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that to me? I wouldn't say that was pushback. I mean, you're you're just you're just adding to the uh, agreed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that was pushback. That was, uh, about twenty five percent of what I say is, is serious. There's a you know you gotta take it with the jokes. All right, all right. Well, that's, that I got you here, Brecky. Um, we'll, we'll move away from the miscellaneous part of the show right now <laughs> and go back to to pure Bitcoin. What's up with this fold uh, card? You know about this thing. I do I, know. Yeah. I do know about this thing. Um, so I'm not officially a part of the team or anything like that, but I'm close with the team and a buddy, of, uh, a friend and I worked together and we helped make the announcement video for uh, the Fold card. Um, I believe as of now, it's only launching in the US. I'm not 100% sure on that, but basically it's the first sat stacking card. You know, you it's powered by Visa, so you can use it anywhere that visa is accepted. You can you swipe and you get, I think at least one to 2% sats back on everything with boosted rates um, and fold. Um, I'm not, if you don't, if you've never heard of fold before, basically they're in a really, really incredible company that allows you to uh, earn sats back on purchases previously and still with, uh, th- with gift cards. So like, you know, you're stuck at home, it's quarantine, you're ordering everything on Amazon and waiting for the drone to deliver your packages you know, go to Fold and, you know, look for an Amazon gift card because you can earn sats back on a lot of things. And so now they're basically just expanding their offering. And I could talk about this for hours, but I, I just think it's super exciting. 
the specific question I had is they partner mm. with Visa. There's going to be a credit card. So when so, you use, when you use the credit card, you're going to get Bitcoin back on anything you buy. And then correct. do you have complete access to that Bitcoin? Can you move that Bitcoin to a, a regular wallet anywhere or do you have to keep it on the car? What's the deal there? So as of now, uh, I believe it is, it's almost like a hybrid credit debit card. You have to deposit uh, fiat into your account and then you spend it like it's a debit card. Although I, I want to say, I think credit is on the way. Um, but yes, once the, once you get the Bitcoin back and you usually get it back instantly, um, at least for, um, at least when you're buying gift cards using lightning, for example, then you withdraw it to whatever wallet you want. Um, might even be batch 32 capable. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, but they're, they're basically Bitcoiners through and through, and they want you to withdraw. And if you don't want to withdraw, you can actually use that Bitcoin to buy gift cards and other things like that. So it's kind of up to you how you want to do it. Um, the, this was a few months ago, but, but was something really interesting was, um, Will uh, Reeves, the founder, was telling me that basically um, he, they were kind of surprised by the numbers of what people were doing with their Bitcoin. You know, there was a large chunk of people who were withdrawing it, um, a lot of people who were spending it on um, on gift cards, and a lot of those p folks who were using it were actually um, new to Bitcoin. Like they were doing it purely to to save money, and so I, I found that really exciting. So I'm. I'm a big proponent of these SATS back programs wherever they are. And I think they're going to be a, a major, major way in for adoption for us. Um, just when you're in a world where like you can get, you can save money and you can stack SATS and like earn hard currency for real, uh, just by doing what you're already doing, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot of thought to get somebody to use it. You know, um, you don't have to explain Austrian economics to them. They can learn that later. All they need to know is that it makes sense financially and why not do it? So, uh, do, do you guys, panel, do you have any thoughts on these SATS backs, uh, SATS back programs? I, I think it's great yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's an entry vector, right? Um, but I guess it, it depends who you speak to, right? Because some people would say, oh, that's all permissioned. It's all KYC, blah, blah, blah. Like, look, I think there's, there's like a good and a bad and it's, it's the same kind of thing. You got to take the good with the bad. And I think on net they're positive because they're getting new people in. And then we can kind of teach them more about, okay, self-custody and now start caring about your privacy and all these other things. So it's kind of like a um, in-between position, you know? So I think, yeah, absolutely. Net positive. Let's do it. You know, let's get people into it. And, you know, there'll, there'll be a whole bunch of people who aren't ready to go read Austrian economics and ready to go and like figure out how to use all these things. And, you know, it's, some things just need to be made easy for them. So I still haven't of, opened this up yet, Stefan. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I, just, I can't do it yet. I'm going to, but I haven't done it yet. You're, you're on quarantine, man. You got to do it. <laughs> um, I don't yeah, guys, quarantine will last that long, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it might. It may not last that long. It might not last long enough. Um, but yeah, guys, look. Sorry, I've actually got to head off because I've got another interview I've got to do soon. So, um, but uh, yeah, look. Thanks for having me and. Um, I'll, I'll leave you guys to it. Uh, but yeah, maybe just check out my, my site, stefanlevera.com and ministryofnerds.com.au for um, Bitcoin uh, coaching if, if, you, if you need it. Um, but yeah, with that, I'll, I'll leave you guys with it. Um, catch you guys soon. All right. Nice, thank you Steph, for your time. Good luck and uh, good morning. It's Saturday there. All right. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. All right. We will, we will continue here without uh, Stefan. Uh, David, did you have any, uh, any thoughts on the, uh, what we we're just talking about? Uh, 
ways fold. you, you sat adoption. I I really like fold. I really do. And one of the one of the although I will say that one of the things that I didn't like about fold was the two step dance of having to buy the card, the gift card, and then do other stuff to be able to get my sats back. So this visa card, I have been waiting for this for a year. Honestly, I've been what just like, I just want to swipe the card and get my sats. Have you, and have you spun the wheel today? Should we, should we spin the wheel? I spun, I, I spun the wheel today and I have like four hours left to get, 1000 sats back and <laughs> on something that I purchased and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to figure out what to buy. I, I, right after this, I got to order pizza. <laughs> the, the kids are hungry. So, but uh, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm really happy that fold got into the fast track program on visa. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I think it's going to be, like Stefan was saying, an entry vector of huge proportion. And this somehow or another, I keep thinking about the first, the, how we first started this, this entire show with the, the talk on stable coins and how it's that, that edge effect between cryptocurrencies and getting into Bitcoin. And this is like sort of the fiat system rubbing up against directly against Bitcoin without go with it, just minusing the whole stable coin nonsense. Right. And I just, I, this is one of the reasons why I really like fold as a company. I, this like, I, it's a good ethic. It's a good morality. It's like got really great people behind it. It, and they keep innovating. And I've, I said this on, I, I think I said this on my podcast on Monday, which is the last one that I did this week, but was that if I could get, the leadership at Fold and Try Lolly to go in together to start a, a, a class on um, business development, I would buy that class. Mm-hmm. I would buy that class in a heartbeat. I would look at that class as probably just as oh as as worthwhile as the Xerox sales class. I don't know if you've ever heard about that. But the Xerox sales class is like world famous for building salespeople. Whether you're selling Xerox or bottles of beer, it doesn't matter apparently. And but nobody has a business development class that that I've seen that is like of that kind of noteworthiness. And both the guys at Fold and Try Lolly, it's like every single time I bring up my freaking Twitter feed, it's like we've added this vendor and we've added these vendors, and it's like oh my god. What do you guys do? Just like pick up a phone and say, let's do it, bro. And the guy goes, yeah, okay, let's do it. Well, so, you know, that's what I'm saying is that the business development that's going on behind those two companies is so impressive that I want to take that class. So what's interesting about that is, is on the one hand, you're right They're They're using the playbook and they're using it masterfully. Like every move that they're just doing a great job. But what I, what I find really cool about these two companies is they're actually, in in some cases, showing how Bitcoin can really benefit these businesses and not just their users. So, like companies, well, I've talked to Alex from Lolly and Will from Fold, and what happens a lot of the time is like they might onboard someone, and eventually, like they'll get curious about Bitcoin and like ask like why, like what's what's the deal, like because normally like they don't really care as long as like those companies are getting more customers. Great, that's normally what they care about. But like Fold, for example. 
like when you pay with Lightning instead of paying with Fiat, you know, you're bypassing the Visa network. You're bypassing all the fees that are associated with the Fiat system. And everybody saves money uh, in that case. And so, you know, with things like, um, I, I don't know if you've started using uh, Lightning Strike yet, uh, like Jack Mahler's thing yet. I've um, got it. I haven't, I haven't been able to play around with it, but I've, I'm, I've got the, I've got it. I've got Strike. So for anyone who, who doesn't know what it is, Jack Mahler's amazing guy, you should look him up. Uh, Strike is basically a app, I think it's still in beta, that allows you to uh, take fiat and immediately spend it in the form of Lightning, uh, Lightning Bitcoin, whichever way you want. So like in the context of using folds, like you get a much higher uh, sats back reward when you pay with Bitcoin. And I'm not an advocate for spending Bitcoin right now. I think it's a long-term hodl, blah, 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 blah. It's a store of value. But when you're taking your dollars and immediately they get immediately converted to fiat and you, I mean, to fiat, immediately converted to lightning and you use that to pay an invoice and get your fold uh, card and you get your higher, um, your higher reward, you know, there's no difference to your, like your hodl stack, let's say, right? Um, and so what's happening is there, we're using the, the Bitcoin rails to, to help people out, to help them benefit in ways that they couldn't if they were just using the fiat rails. Um, so I don't know. I, I find that like just kind of really subversive and really amazing. And um, I'm, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen with, with Strike and all these other companies as well. Well, now, well since we're talking about other companies, you you're, you're got you to deal with Swan. What's up with Swan? I do. I started working there as their creative director and Swan is – now my favorite way to buy Bitcoin. Uh, basically what our main focus is, is on dollar cost averaging. Um, so within the 49 states minus New York, though we are working on the bit, getting a bit license, um, you can start with as little as $5 a month and you can basically, you bas- basically you set up a recurring plan and automatically debits your bank account, automatically buys Bitcoin. You don't have to think about when you're buying it. Um, you just start accumulating and accumulating. Um, and we also have, if you want to, and we encourage you to do so, we have automatic recurring withdrawals to like uh, to your personal Bitcoin wallet. Um, so it's just a super, super easy way to get Bitcoin and start accumulating it. And uh, Brian Armstrong around? No? Okay, good. <laughs> uh, and our fee schedule is incredibly competitive where I think if you're buying over $50 a month, the fees are... 70% lower than Coinbase's if you prepay your fees for the year. Um, so that's like, you know, $20, $25 a fee, something like that. If it's over 100, it's still 50% less than Coinbase. Um, we're not a shitcoin casino. We will be Bitcoin only forever. Um, and we've got some great memes on Twitter. If you go into the GIFs and you search for Coinbase, you might just see some Swan Bitcoin memes pop up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're a great company with great people. Um, Jan Pritzker is our CTO who wrote Inventing Bitcoin, which is one of my favorite books. It's small and really encapsulates Bitcoin in like 100 pages. Corey Clipson is our, our CEO and other founder uh, who started Give Bitcoin, which is our other kind of sister product, basically where you can gift Bitcoin to people. Um, and when you do that, it gets locked for a year. So we, we custody it with Prime Trust. Um, but that's so that someone who's new to Bitcoin doesn't go out and, you know, sell it for Ripple or sell it for dollars or something else that we don't think is a good idea. 
Uh, and we also, in that time, that year lockup, they get sent all sorts of educational materials um, on Bitcoin so they can learn how to custody it. They can learn why Bitcoin's important. And hopefully by the time the time lock runs up, uh, they're ready to be a full-on Bitcoiner. So um, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, those guys have been on this show too, Jan and, and Corey. Great stuff. Offended by selling. Don't sell your Bitcoin for Ripple. Of course not. <laughs> Who the heck would do such a thing? All right, we did have, before we go, uh, and, and before David gives his closing thoughts, we, we had a question here from Derek in the audience. He says, do you think exchanges will ever be treated as banks, i.e. direct deposits? Yes. Well, I, think, I think people are already – Yeah, who said yes? Me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think that that's exactly where they're going. I think that that's where they want to go. I think that that's what their business model has driven them to. It's – I see them as like somebody who came up in a brand new world and is collapsing into the old world. Right. That's what I see. All right. People. All right. Uh, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, uh I mean, yeah, I would say people are already doing it, but I would yeah. also say don't do it. Get your coins off the exchange. It's exactly. not, safe. you know, yes. that's the whole point of Bitcoin, not the whole point, but it's one of the major points of Bitcoin that, you know, you get to control it. So, don't don't cede that control to somebody else unless you have a good reason. You know, if you wanna you wanna earn interest on your Bitcoin because it matches your risk profile and you're putting your Bitcoin to work, fine, whatever. But you know, you should also have Bitcoin that you control. So that's those are my thoughts. All right. Yeah. And any since we're at the end of the show, anything that got left out that you wanted to add, Brecky? Um, anything left out? Well, I, I also work for a company called Tantra Labs, so I'll give them a quick shill. Um, we are on Twitter at Tantra underscore labs. And if you are a Bitcoin holder um, and as of now an accredited investor, we offer some of the, the, I think the best returns on lending Bitcoin out there. Everything we do is uh, automated algorithmic trading strategies. And so, you know, they're basically designed to capture alpha, whether the markets are going up or going down. You can send me a DM, I'll send you info, but uh, more news on that in the future. We'll have some, some cool, exciting updates for the rest of the rest of the folks out there. Oh, wow. I'm already following Tantra Labs. I'll be dipped. <laughs> I'll remember we got three, three, all three of these dudes are linked to below. So uh, they're Twitter and you can find out so much about them over Twitter. I encourage you to, to follow them. All right, David, you got the last word. All right. Uh, Nassim Taleb uh, says that cryptocurrencies are the solution to banks in Lebanon and elsewhere, increasingly limiting access to hard currency. That's a decrypt.co uh, um, headline from April the 17th. That's sometime today. Some actually it was this morning. So Nassim is like apparently just like, I think he's all in at that point. That's good news. The other thing that I wanted to mention was something that you actually had in your stack, this Brian Armstrong tweet. I know. I know. Who, me? Or, or, no, no, me. Yeah. I know what it is. It was, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's that the uh, the buy percent of buys and deposits are exactly the same size as the $1,200 stimulus check. There's a, there, there's a graph here, I guess, of their, you know, what, what's going on over there at Coinbase. And there's this huge spike, like right around the time that the uh, stimulus checks got released. And apparently a whole bunch of people just said, you know what? I'm just going to convert this into something I can trust, even though it's Coinbase. I know. I get it. I don't like them either, but it is what it is, right? It is. It, there are plenty of people. They they knew that 1200 was coming to them, and they went immediately to Coinbase and 
made orders for $1,200 worth of Bitcoin or deposited $1,200. And probably, most of them probably didn't even get their $1,200 yet. But yeah, I, that, well, I, I hope it was Bitcoin and not Cripple. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, one would assume that uh, if they were that wise with their $1,200, it, it would be Bitcoin. All right, dudes. Well, very good point. It was we got we had a classic show today. Best guest in the freight space. Thank you, guys. Remember, this show is every single Friday. Uh, you know, disruptmeister.com. No matter where I am on YouTube, you'll be able to find me there. Tech Vault on Twitter, so follow me there. Uh, I sportsmeister.com. If you're listening to this audio, you can find me. It's uh, no matter no matter what, no matter what happens, conviction. You're going to get a new show here every day. So. Thank you. We'll be back Saturday night. Everybody, Shabbat Shalom. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. And uh, have a have a great weekend. And again, thanks a lot, guests. Pound that freaking like button.